Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Ingenuity Show has the weirdest style. The Ingenuity Show hopes you stay a while. Come with these three nerdy engineers. What you will find might linger in the cochlea of your ears. Oh, with every nerdcast, there is something new. If you are listening, then this show's for you. You may think the premise of this show sounds so absurd. Well, you're You're the one listening who's the nerd. You know me so you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Hello and welcome to the Engine Nerdy Show. I didn't count us in this week, so this is just us starting off. So I was flailing my hand around for no reason. Yeah, you were giving me the five, oh, but then I just oh, started. Okay. Sorry. I was actually doing jazz hands. Oh, jazz hands. Who was that? Not me. Oh, somebody. Oh, that was in the other room. That, that was me? loud. Uh, this is St. Jimmy. I am the tech nerdigist, and with me here is... The fan favorite, D. Vitti. I'm just here for the nothing but a gangster party. He is the news girl of the Engineerty show. Yes, I am. <laughs> the entropist. So next week we should have Mr. Pulled back. We hope so. Unless he, he gets snowed in. He did at, um, send us an email, though. He did? Yeah, he we have uh, feedback. Before right. I get to that, let's do our fake sponsor. Edible earplugs. Don't just... <laughs> Until they did not apply. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Don't just throw those earplugs away when you're done wearing them. Pop them in your mouth for a tasty treat. If you have a bad smell, just stick them up your nose. Ooh, yes. We're just going to add Coming that. soon, edible nose plugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, he... Wanted, he actually had his email was about several different segments, so I'll go into them as we go. But, um, he wanted to chime in on our zombie weapons teeth and claw, our fingernails. I'm telling you, his anti zombie weapons. Oh, you gotta be more, yeah, exact. I guess we need to be more specific. But his choice was a lightsaber. Actually, I think you need to be more Pacific when it comes to zombies because there's less population on the Pacific side of the country. That's true. Um, Go to Wyoming. You only have to wipe out like 10 zombies and you're free. Yeah. But they'll all be your neighbors. You'll recognize every single one of them. Not if you kill them at night. Ooh, good. You could put a ski mask on each of them. 
Yes. And then and then you don't know. Them. Just wait a couple of days. And then <laughs> you forget. Forget which one's which. Who had the blue one? <laughs> uh. Um. His second choice was a phaser rifle from Star Trek. Oh my gosh! Why because don't you use you, a transporter. Because you could then just disintegrate them. Then you don't have the carcasses. Oh, you transport them all into one big clump of zombie. <laughs> Yeah, or just send them into space. Oh. And you could watch the zombie, zombie showers as they burn up re-entering the atmosphere. Do you see them? You have to put them into big masses first and then transport them up into space. Yeah. Corral them all into a transporter pad. Yeah. You know it would be really scary? Because if you cut their heads off, right, they're still biting. Yeah. Hook all of them to, like, chains, and then you can have, like, a swinging... Like biting <laughs> zombie weapon. That's Make, another thing you hadn't thought about is making weapons out of zombies. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh what about if you put them in a giant hamster wheel? Ooh, they could power the world. They could give you power. All you have to do is put a healthy person just sitting at a desk in front of them. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Now we just need to make zombies to make it happen. Yeah, that would solve all of our energy problems. It would. <laughs> uh, and overpopulation <laughs> problems. If you believe that exists. If we had that. But, um, yeah. So. Do we have a topic for our engineeritude? We do for nerdiculture. This was suggested by Mr. Pold, the topic was. And I agree. We lost nerd icon Leonard Nimoy this week. And I wanted to say all right now, even though there's probably not many people listening, leave Bill alone. Okay? He was doing, he's already scheduled to go to um, something to raise money for a good cause. And people are giving him crap because he didn't make it to Leonard's um, funeral, which I believe was pretty soon after his death. And Bill was all the way across the country. And if you know anything about flying right now, um, most airports are snowed in. So, and he's, that maybe thought the best way to pay homage to one of his best friends or his best friend, it's enough that they called each other brothers, was to continue to raise money for people that are still left behind. Well, he was doing a Red Cross fundraiser in Florida. That's why he couldn't go to the funeral. Um. I mean, it just seems like today the media just can't wait to tear anyone down. And not only the media, but people hiding behind their computers, feel free to jump into the fray and do the same thing. Right, and does does Leonard Nimoy really need some reporter to stick up for him Think after about it. he's dead, you know? And maybe not having, not having Bill there, maybe the family, you know, kind of wanted to have a more private... And you inject too many people into it, and uh, I don't know. It seems like it gets less personal for the family. I personally don't care Especially who attends media. my funeral. Well, that's nice of you. I don't want to attend mine. <laughs> You'll be the only one there. Oh, see, I had talked about number two on the list, but I didn't even. No, read that it. was good. You went right in there. I didn't even read it. <laughs> um, yeah. So not only did well, it's exactly Nimoy what I said. And Bill Shatner worked together on Star Trek, but they were lifelong friends. And 
I loved it because uh, Mr. Nimoy would always refer to him as Bill, and for a while it took it always took me a second to realize who he was talking about because you, as a kid, it was always William Shatner, and I always thought of that as like one name, William Shatner. Well, you had a problem with combining names into one name. Yeah, I didn't know that. You and Mr. Pold had separate names. Right. I think we talked about that before. Well, maybe you were always together, and it was you were always referred to collectively. Yes. So when we are Borg, when Mom told me to get one of you, I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined your paradigm. Yeah, I I think I figured it out now, but I think Godzilla did your paradigm. Yeah, it did. Um. Another thing, I looked this up. They're the dollar bill. Yes, I saw that. It has a guy on it that's mostly bald. And if you shade in his hair and eyebrows, you can make him look somewhat Vulcan. They're saying it looks like Spock, but I don't think it looks very much like it looks Spock. looks more like Sarek. Yeah. Um... Apparently, it's also illegal. <laughs> if you get caught, right? And the the polymer that the notes are made out of make it hard to color on. Mm. But there's a good example of one on this uh, CNN Money article about it. So, yeah, I they even made his ears look pointy. Okay, I have another bone of contention. Uh-oh. I don't want to stray into the political. and But this involves our president. Who took the opportunity of uh, Leonard's death to come out and say how he was the, you know, before nerds were popular, and I thought, I'm That's, not sure you can consider Vulcans nerds. I don't know. It's part of their culture, and it's. But then he also the one thing I had a major major problem with. He said something about having big ears, and he didn't have big ears. He had pointy ears. Right. I think there's a difference. They were everyone that does a parody of him has big ears because yeah. just by the big over the top of the ear plastic things. Yeah, and that they, is not a Vulcan. You're trying to accentuate the features that you're right. It sounds racist that's, to me. That's fine. I um on a related note, this is something Mr. Pold pointed out in his email. Kirsty Alley, who played Savik in the couple of the Star Trek movies are just one. Um, she replaced the lady that was in... The motion picture. Oh, was she in the motion picture? I thought she was in the first one. Was she? Because there was a different one in three. It wasn't Christy. Christy. Oh. Well, let me look it up. Anyways, she, uh, she got harassed by what she called... Um... Trek police by calling him Dr. Spock, which... <laughs> is somebody totally different? Dr. Spock is a, a guy child that psychologist. wrote books, yeah, on child psychology. Well, she's just a bartender. What do you want from her? She, <laughs> she in her defense, said, I'm sure that the character Spock from Star Trek had, had a, a doctor. doctorate at some point. Multiple, I would think. Yeah, so... That's a good. That's a good cover, recovery. I like that. Yeah, she's like retconning with the best of us. Yeah, she is. 
that's good. It seemed like she had a good sense of humor about it too. So, uh, let's see here. She was in the Prince of Bel Air TV movie. I don't even know what that is. I don't know either. Wasn't that that was like Fresh Prince? But I don't so know did if that's I. True. She was in Wrath of Khan only. Okay. And they had the other chick t- or lady. And an unrelated woman. show called Quark. Coincidence? Weird. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of DS9 lately. Mm. So I love Quark is one of my favorite characters. Leonard's in there. Deep Space Nine. Oh. Yeah. Later. Yeah, so I have some notes here. He was born in Boston. So he's not Canadian, even though that Canadian money thing story. But Bill is. Bill Shatner's Canadian. He was born on March 26, 1931. So he, oh, he was about a month shy of his birthday. He served two years in the army. Hmm. I, I think did he not played in that. some army movies too, didn't he? Uh, I'm trying to think. I read. Possibly one. I'm not sure. I guess I could look it up since I have IMDb open right now. But um, here's these are just some things I didn't. I was reading that I was surprised at. He earned a master's degree in Spanish in his 40s. Hmm, interesting. And he later from the same university. Uh, I can't remember one of them. Now you just need Duolingo. Yeah, it's. A university in in uh, Ohio, some one I hadn't heard of. Weird, isn't that where Captain Kirk was born? <sighs> I want to talk about that. We'll get to another part of this after we're done talking about Leonard Nimoy. I want to talk about the Star Trek movie because we just oh, watched okay. 2009 Star Trek yes. the other day. Um, he directed Leonard Nimoy directed Star Trek three. Right. The Search for Spock. Interesting. He also directed... I found him. He's there behind the camera. (laughs) Yeah, he's sitting in that chair. He directed and helped write Star Trek IV, which is probably in my top one or two favorite Star Trek movies. I think Wrath of Khan has to be first, in my opinion. I I have a hard time ranking things like that, but I rank that in my favorites column. I also like the one where they first contact one. Ooh, that's I a good really one. enjoy that one with the Borg. He executive produced and wrote Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which oh. is another one of my favorites. Oh, Undiscovered Country. You skipped five. Okay. He, yeah, he didn't five. <laughs> Here's one. Have you watched five recently? I it's In the last seeing. few years. I really enjoy the first part, you know, where it has Kirk climbing the cliff face, El Capitan, and... Oh, that's Spock the marshmallow one. Yeah, the marshmallow. Yeah, where they're camping. Um, a lot of the, I like a lot of the first part of that before they get all weird <laughs> with Cybok. It's an inter- some good stuff too. Like yeah, Scotty rescuing him and then saying that he knows the ship like the back of his hand right before he cracks his head on the yeah. beam. It's good. It's good. Here's one that I bet you would never guess. He directed Three Men and a Baby. No, I wouldn't have guessed that. I saw a, a still of him with the guys on that. Oh, so you so knew that. I previously, but not before he, he passed. 
Um, I watched a little video of him explaining how he came up with the Vulcan salute. He's Jewish. His parents came from the U from Ukraine. Okay. He looks Ukrainian. I could see him as Ukrainian. And did I say they're Jewish? Yes. Okay. He said he was Jewish. I assumed that they his parents were, were. Yeah. So they were at some kind of Jewish gathering. I don't know. But there was some kind of blessing going on. And during the blessing, the guys held their hands like the Vulcan salute. Because I guess it approximates one of the letters in their alphabet. Oh, right. And so. It's it also represents the letter from the Vulcan alphabet. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Um, so when he was trying to come up with something for the first episode that mm. had other Vulcans in it, a mock time, they were trying to come out with, they were trying to come up with something unique for them to do to sh show that they had some unique culture. And he came up with that and everybody on the crew liked it. And he said within a couple of days of that episode airing, everybody on the street that saw him was giving him the, that salute. And he said, and it never stopped his entire life. People were giving him that <laughs> salute and he didn't sound like he disliked that happening. I mean, that, I, I'm not sure. I think Bill Shatner might've gone through moments where he was not thrilled with the stardom that associated just with Star Trek, but I don't ever remember Leonard Nimoy saying anything bad about it. Well, in 1975, he published a book called I Am Not Spock. Well, maybe he did. But then, 20 years later, he published another autobiographical book called I Am Spock. You know what? No, I think I heard, remember, okay, one of the things that really showed his relationship with Bill Shatner was a documentary I watched that was basically Bill and Leonard sitting in Leonard's garden, just chatting. Mm. It was very good, very interesting. So that university in Ohio is Antioch University. Oh, sounds... You know, I was thinking about it as you're talking about um, Vulcan and I was thinking about Jewish tradition. There's a lot of parallels you might see. Yeah. I'd say many Vulcans would probably be really good at college, right? Yeah. And school in general. Yeah. You're very learned and get good grades. A lot of it probably at the, you know, because they have a strong family core that right. kind of pushes you that direction. You might say the Jewish community has the same thing. Yeah, for the most part. It's interesting. I'm sure it influenced his developing that character. And I think he was probably instrumental in you know making that character. Because it was him. That character. And Vulcans as Jetton in general. So, I'm sure it's the same for you as it is for me, but that character really influenced me early in my life. And, you know, that was probably, you know, he and Scotty were my favorite characters. Not only, Probably not only on Star Trek, but on all of TV, you know, besides, like, kids' cartoons. But Which is weird because they rarely... I don't remember them spending too much time interacting on the show. Those two characters? Yeah. No, but they were the most technically minded. And later I came to appreciate the 
relationship between Spock and Kirk and how the show... It's hard to explain, but it makes sense in my head, but it seems the last time I watched the series through on Netflix, I noticed that a lot of times the point of the episode was showing that Kirk's passion often worked better on getting them out of sticky situations than Spock's logic. Um, well, you see that even in the movies, like even in Star Trek 2009 that we're going to talk about in a minute. But even that character, you could, I mean... Yeah, if Spock is necessary, but if you did everything that he wanted, you would not get the optimal outcome. Which was fun seeing in 2009 Spock that's more self-aware knowing that. Yep. And being self-aware enough as a character to point his... Point out that... Right. Well, and he's mature enough to realize, oh, I do not have... I should not be in command right now. That was a great scene. Very good. Um, so the another point I wanted that might surprise you that is cool because we talk about Civ two a lot. Well, Civilization four, Leonard Nimoy did a lot of the voiceover work for that. Well, that's cool. I don't. I probably have played that before, but I know not, I haven't. Not much. I. Didn't like it as well as Civ 2. So. You know, some people get caught music-wise in a certain period. Yeah. I'm totally caught on Civ 2. Me too. In my opinion, I, there's not much way you can make it better. I agree. So I never tried. There's some There's some things, but they're mostly minor annoyances. Like when you tell a unit to go from here all the way across the continent and they don't follow the railroad that would get them there... Without have, using any yeah. movement points. Instead, they decide uh, to go through the mountains or something. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that about them. And Where do you automate settlers and they start doing weird things? Yeah, I never automate settlers. The other thing is the there's like seven difficulty levels. I play it on the second easiest. easiest. I do too. If you go up one difficulty level to the third one, it's impossible. I'm not sure that's accurate. I've heard of people that have won it on the... I get destroyed every time I try it. Maybe it's just the way I... the Because I'm... The strategy. I have, like, certain patterns I use in the game. This has nothing to do with Leonard Nimoy, yeah. but... Tangent. It's a great game. I Also, I've I've played different versions of Dynasty Warriors... But I still like the three first one that I played the best, which is three, because the later ones are cool, but you don't get. It seems like you're just swinging at these masses of bad guys, and they just go flying. It's it seems like it's too. You gotta crank easy. up your difficulty level. Maybe that's what it is. When I play it with your kids, they're playing it on easy or something. We haven't but played in, with my oldest son because he plays on well, the was, difficult ones now. I was now. playing the newest one with him, but that was like the first time playing it. So, But in 3, it seemed like it was closer view, so you really saw each individual enemy. So, I mean, you were still whacking away at <laughs> dozens of them at a time, but right. 
it seemed like any one of them could have like got you out of your rhythm. And in the new one, it seems like you can't tell when you're being hit because right. you're just swinging away and they're hitting you, but it doesn't interrupt your attack. I don't know. It, there's just some weird little thing that anyways, um, Horrible dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's the listeners can't see that at home. Picture on the side of this article about Leonard Nimoy of a woman in an interesting dress, and it, yeah, uh, yeah. The Vulcan for "Live Long and Prosper" is "Diftor he smusma." That's Did in the article. Backwards? No. Um. So he died of chronic pulmonary shoot. Oh, old age. Yeah. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So he, basically he's known for at least a year that he was running out of time. And he died at home surrounded by his loved ones. Um, 83 is a pretty good age to get to. Yeah, and really he was... he was in pretty good health up to the end aside from this heart yeah. condition. So now um, he's um, moved on to the, the hobbit hole of life. <laughs> the green pastures. Yeah. I just had to bring up hobbits just to make uh, Mr. Pold upset. Yeah. He, he released quite a bit of music in the seventies, including our favorite Bilbo song. Um, it's not really him in that that's so funny. It's the he's um, definitely the straight man in that. In the yes, but his backup dancers are over the top. It's ridiculous. Look it up on YouTube. It's on there. Yeah. Um, I also he, I guess the most recent thing he's done besides the new Star Trek movies that I've seen him in is uh, he was in Fringe. Yeah. He was really good in that. He had a good part in it. He, yeah, the part was well written, and he acted it very well. And I, you know, being such a fan of him, it just brought that show up to a whole nother level. I really liked the show, especially the guy that played Walter. <laughs> so good. He's such a good actor. Um, brought it back to Hobbits. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's such a good actor. Like... You wouldn't even realize that's the same guy that played in oh, The Return of the King if you weren't paying <laughs> right. close attention. I mean, he's not as good as, uh, what's his name, Gary Oldman, oh, as far as that goes. I love Gary Oldman. I love it when I'm halfway through a movie and, and I'm like, like... Wait, that's Gary. Is that Gary Oldman? <sighs> that's so good. What was the... I think the new Batman was. I was singing Harry Potter. Yeah. A serious black role. My favorite role he did was uh, the Fifth Element, though. Yeah, it really doesn't look like him. Yeah, well, the hair and the plastic head thing—I that's a great movie. All right. Um. So we hung out with. Um, Colleen this last weekend. We talk about her on the show. She comments a lot. 
And one of the things she wanted to do was watch one of the new Star Trek movies. So we got the 2009 Star Trek from Redbox and yep. watched it. It was really good. Um, I noticed some kind of plot holes that bothered me. All right, bring them up. Let's see if I can wreck on this. I was surprised because one of them I later realized, oh, actually that makes sense. And it fills in a plot hole type thing on the Into Darkness movie. Okay, first I'll start off with just like, I'll just throw one out there. Um, so the planet where old Spock is and Maroon Kirk end up, it's a planet with mm -hmm. like normal gravity. So it's got to be like the size of Earth-ish, but it's close enough to Vulcan that it's larger in the sky than our moon. Like hey, Vulcan's a really big planet. Okay, but they've got to be closer in orbit than we are to Mars. It could be sister planets. Is it like a dual planet system? Because if you look at the creature How that was chasing them at first, it bore slight resemblance to the pets they used to keep on Vulcan. Slightly larger. Hmm, interesting. At first, I was that, wondering, well, what are the odds that they end up on the same planet? And I realized, well, both ships were close to this planet and both wanted to offload a passenger. Well, they put Spock there specifically so he could right. see Vulcan. It was just convenient for Kirk. It's convenient that... <laughs> it's convenient there was a planet close by for Kirk. Otherwise, it just might have launched him into space. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I was thinking, what are the odds that they end up that close to each other, but they were probably both intentionally marooned near... The, but, uh, the place where Scotty was. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a plot hole, but it's a movie device I've seen so many times I'm sick of. <laughs> where the creature's, the creature's chasing, you. chasing you, and a bigger creature eats that, and then another even bigger creature comes and eats the one that's now really dangerous. Yeah. And it bugged me when it was in Star Trek. Star Wars. Star Wars. Well, there's Star Trek, too. Yeah, and Star Trek. And back with Star Wars. Yeah. Can we have that That's enough. Me. That's enough of that. Let's stop that. Can you just let the character deal with it instead of, oh, let's have that one get eaten by the and bigger those, one? And both those, I feel like it's just their computer, graf or computer graphic people want to show off a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. Stop showing off. Um. Okay, here's something I had a revelation on. It also kind of doesn't make sense in one way, but we'll, we'll dis discuss that. So they beam from that planet to a moving starship to a ship that's been warping away from them for, it's got to be hours, mm -hmm. because Kirk was like, what, 14 kilometers away from Scotty's base, and he stopped along the way to mind meld with Spock. Right. And, and then, then they had to walk from there to wherever the... They, right. Then they had to have the whole conversation with Scotty, show him the formula for transwarp beaming, and then he had to figure out how to make his transporter do that, and then they could still beam to the ship that's been... I think the key is transwarp. That's the new information, because remember when we were talking about Into Darkness, and I was... Because if you're folding space... 
it doesn't matter how far away they are. Right. I was saying, how could Khan beam from Earth to Kronos? Same thing. He used that. And they mentioned that in the movie. I did not catch that. In fact, Scotty feels he's upset because Starfleet obviously took his transwarp thing and, I don't know, let it fall into the evil hands. Uh, if I remember right. Okay. Let's take a watch it recently. See, so that actually makes sense. But that had been something that had been bugging me about those for a while. But now, now it makes sense. The part that doesn't make sense is when did Scotty develop those in the f normal timeline? Was it after the Enterprise D rescued him? Could be. So wouldn't like Voyager have known about those? I mean, how long well, the, did Scotty live after he was rescued? He was probably in his 50s when he got rescued. Oh, so he could have lived another 100 years. Voyager could have been gone by then. Okay. And you'd have so, to know where the, where the ship is, probably, in order to transport to it. Yeah. So they couldn't even send somebody out to him. Well... Or he might have left Starfleet and he developed it yeah, on his true. own and only when he was friends with Spock, so maybe Spock found out about it. Interesting. Okay, I guess that works. It would have to be after the Enterprise D rescued him. Could I mention another thing that bugged me about the movie? Yes. That after watching with people that are not as nerdy as me, <laughs> Scotty's little friend. Oh, Get down from there. It's not I a don't climbing understand frame. why that guy's in there. I don't get it. He, I don't get it. He was just a... I don't get it. Some creature creator thought he had to... I, he was just there to put some humor into this things because they wanted Simon Pegg to say these funny lines, but they had to have someone for him to say them to. Hmm. Too bad they didn't have any Klingons for him to talk to. Yeah. I do like. I they love. Insulted the, you, Captain. I love. And that's when he punched him. The way. No. Yeah, I love the way Simon Pegg did Scotty. He's very good, and his accent is awesome. He's very good. I like this ship. It's exciting. <laughs> After Kirk and Spock are fighting, I know, it's so good. Can I get a towel? <laughs> so I'm glad they left the little creature back on the snow planet. Yeah. but he, he showed up in the next movie too. Yeah. Well, he does show up at the very end of the first one. He's on the Enterprise with Scotty. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're from the future. Do they have sandwiches there? <laughs> so good. I love uh, Simon Pegg. He's very good. All right. Well, does that do it for Nerdiculture? I think so. It was a long Nerdiculture. That's all right. We're, uh... It's sad, Star Trek characters. Yeah, so far. And they were my two favorites, James Doohan and Leonard Nimoy. Oh, another thing about um, Star Trek. <laughs> I get to see Uhura singing and dancing. Very seductive. You're like, I wish we, she was about 30 years younger. Hey, all I'm saying is she just still had a, still had a kick and body as, as old she was. Okay, I'll concede. And I'm point. disappointed that I um, can't think of what his name is right now. Chekhov. Oh, yeah. His involvement Walter with uh, Koenig. yeah, his involvement with a show that I just cannot make it through.
Yeah, I watched the pilot on Babylon 5. Oh, the actor they got to so play Chekhov in the new movies? Oh, it's perfect. He's pretty good. He, I love when the captain asks him to report what's happening to the ship, and you can tell people are like, what? "We can't even understand half the yeah. words he's saying." And he does. And a he's good trying job. to put his password into the computer. It doesn't. They're like, "You couldn't Wichter, give him a password Wichter. with no V's in it." <laughs> it was so perfect. Good. Yeah, it was awesome. The sh- it had just the right amount of humor in there. So and- I thought we needed a nurse chapel or somebody. Oh, but. That when, a weird nurse in the beginning with the weird eyes that were too big. When McCoy gives him the the <coughs> vaccine, and then he's like giving him, he keeps injecting him with stuff Stop for it. different symptoms. Yeah. He's like, my tongue's numb. He's like, oh, I can fix that. And he's like going for another injection. A lot of people I've, heard, I've read have problems with the way that um, he played uh, Bones. But I thought he played it perfect. I thought it was Oh, really yeah. Good. I thought that He's probably the best choice. I can't think of anybody who could so do that good. better. DeForest Kelly. Um, well, you forgot about us missing DeForest Kelly. He's not dead, is he? <laughs> I'm sure he is. All right, let's find sure, out. let's find out. Well, all of our Star Trek nerd friends are like, really? You guys are having a conversation whether DeForest Kelly's gone? DeForest Kelly. Oh, he died in 1999? That's like probably why I don't old. remember Look, it. he is 11 years older than Spock. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. He might have been 11 years older than Spock, too. I don't know. <sighs> Carl Urban was a did, great replacement yes. for him. Did you, uh, did you have any problems with Spock and Uhura? No. Okay. Because they had a thing in the original series a little bit. It's only a couple episodes, but they do hint at a little bit of courtship there. I think it's because they combined Uhura and Nurse Chapel into one character. Hmm. Because the new Uhura seemed more, what's the word, emotional than Uhura ever was. Yeah. And Uhura is very put together, very well, like very... Yeah, really uber professional. Proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new Uhura was more playful, and I liked I liked her. I mean, yeah, she's not bad. She did a good job. I'm, she's not in the realm of. I couldn't see anybody else in that part, like with uh, McCoy, but she performed admirably. I had something else, but I can't remember what it is now. Sulu. <laughs> when he's what kind of person, or what kind what of what kind of combat training do you have? Fencing. fencing. <laughs> he has a sword with him. I that thought... sword was pretty cool. Oh, it's awesome. It reminded Telescopic me of sword. Uh, ultraviolet. Oh yeah. That's not what I was gonna say. Oh, plot plot hole. Where was James Kirk born? In the original timeline. That was Ohio. So, the new timeline starts when the Romulan ship comes back in time, but mm. Kirk's being born on a spaceship. Well, going to battle might be enough stress to put her into labor. You're thinking that they're on their way she home. would have Made gotten back. she would have gotten home in time. That did cross my mind. It's a little because uh, you think about it, kids. 
born prematurely can be pre- born premature weeks, yeah, weeks in advance. That's true. And he was on duty, so he wasn't like he was expecting it. Right. You'd think he might have already been on leave if she was well, actually plus. Due. You probably wouldn't have a mission where you'd have because it didn't look like there was families on board. It looked like it was just her. You wouldn't have a mission mm. where you'd have a pregnant woman go into labor during a mission. I wonder if she was in Starfleet also. Why would she be on the ship? Yeah. Unless it's a uh, first officer's. Maybe they were. Maybe as a first officer allowed, you know, upper, as upper rank people. Yeah, or maybe she was stationed. Maybe she was somewhere as a civilian and they were just giving her a ride back to Earth since she was. All kinds of ways you can go with that one. Yeah, that's true. We don't know if he was born premature. So good. I'm glad I fixed all your holes. All right. That movie has no plot holes. It's uh, perfect. It does have a few just things that just irk me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I can understand watching the reaction of other people. Because the one person in particular, might have been Colleen, mentioned how much she liked that guy. All right. Let's go on to technurgy. I wanted Transporter to talk about solar power. Just kind of in okay. general. Ooh, doesn't we get to talk about um, Elon Musk? We can. He's awesome. So here's just some notes I wrote. There's an article on uh, a website called cleantechnica.com. And it's just under their solar power thing. But it says... Solar power will be cheaper than coal by 2017. Well, it's expanding it at the same rate. Well, right now it's not the actual solar panel themselves that is expensive because those are expanding just like computer chips have. Right. The the photovoltaic cells. What's that law? Moore's law where yeah. every 18 months it's... It's not quite on that steep a curve, but it's right. getting there. And so now it's the actually interface and trying to get it plugged into your house system, installation. Yeah. Those costs. Installation is a big cost. Um, and the system to control it so that it's intelligently adding power to your, your system. Right. And dealing with the also being on the grid. And storing it so you could use it at night. Right. Well, if you're on the grid, you don't have to do that. But if you're off the grid, then you definitely have to do that. Elon Musk has a whole city that, um, what's it called? Solar City. Tell me about it. I don't know all the details, but I think it was an experimental little community that is supposed to be all... 100% solar off the grid. I'll have to look into it more. Okay. I've heard him talk about it in um, shows. I mean, to this point, I've been way more interested in his cars and his rockets. Yeah. Um, something this site claims is that building a solar plant, power plant, is already cheaper per megawatt than building a new nuclear plant in well, the U.S. Especially with all of the, all the regulations, regulations requirements that are over the top probably for nuclear plants. Yeah, all the safety stuff. So there's we'd still be in the stone age if they added the same level of safety to any technology such that there was never any deaths due to the technology. Well, there's a lot more deaths due to coal than any other power production method just from mining accidents and then if if you throw in the health of the right. soot in the air near 
cold plants, that causes a main, major health issue. We'll talk about that in, in one of my news stories. Okay. Um, so there's two main types of solar power production facilities, like large scale to power cities. There are thermal plants, which just heat water, and then the water turns to steam, and you run it through a turbine to produce power, much like you do in uh, any other kind of power plant that uses steam turbines. And then there's the photovoltaic, which makes the silicon chips where it converts the power directly into electrons. Um, the three largest solar thermal plants are in the U.S., and the next three largest are in Spain. The largest photovoltaic plant is in India, and the next four largest are in the U.S. So the U.S. is pretty high in the world as far as solar power goes. Now, most of those are in the southwest. What because is sunny? Very little rainfall, so it's mostly sunny all the time. It's very warm, a lot okay, of sun. So this brings up a question. Now, um, Tesla, not the car, the, the dude, he was playing around with having towers, and you wouldn't need wires. Broadcast energy. Broadcast energy. Now, if we could actually manufacture that, and let's say put our solar panels where you don't have to worry about weather or cloud cover or rain up in space. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tucson. <laughs> the Sahara Desert. <laughs> no, uh, space. There's nothing in the way. In yeah. fact, our atmosphere is out of the way. You could collect all that radiation from the sun, as well as solar, you know, other types of radiation throughout the the you know, solar system, Cosmic possibly. Rays and, and then stuff. if you could figure out how to transport that back to Earth. Yeah, there's talk of that. In fact, I'm I'm going to go on a limb. If we could go back in time, and before he died, grab somebody and bring him back to our time. Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. That's the dude I would bring. Now, if you wanted to have a conniving evil person, you could bring back... Edison? His, no, what's his bucket? The guy that everyone thinks... Edison, yeah. Who wanted to make getting electrocuted called getting Westinghouse. Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, what a tool. I've heard about that guy. The more I don't think he was a good guy. He was technically excellent, but personally, a he was jerk. done. He kind of built a lot of his, what he did on the backs of other people that didn't get any credit. That's true, but that like in Tesla. and of itself is. I mean, some of that stuff wouldn't have happened without him, right? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, large leaps like that in technology often require bullying. Yeah, and bringing together different technologies. I even say computers. A lot of people complain about Bill Gates and how he kind of bullies the industry, but if it wasn't for him pushing stuff like that, I don't think we'd be anywhere near where we are now. Yeah, could you imagine if all we had was like Linux or Unix? And a bunch of small little developers all over the place that weren't interrelated and yeah. didn't have compatibility? You'd have. We would not have anything close to the computer technology we have today. Um, so trying to get back on track here solar power so so these solar thermal i think we all know about the photovoltaics it's a little chip they're like dark purple looking or black the sun hits them 
it it's basically what they call PN junction. The photons hit it, it raises it creates electrons. It's all very quantum. Has to do with energy levels and stuff like that, but we get it. We kind of seen them on houses and stuff. Um, the solar's really cool. There's so many ways to do this. I've um, seen the rest are uh, like campgrounds. Just heat water for, for yeah. Just directing the sun at water to heat it up. It's do like, they use like focused. What they do is lenses? they create. You can either you there's. So some of the first ones were they would have a tube with the water in it and they would have a parabolic mirror where the tube was in the focus of the mirror. Mm. So the sun would hit the mirror from any angle and be reflected onto the It's like the opposite, tube. Of, opposite direction of transfer of heat than like a heated floor system. Yeah. Because that's a tube with heated water that then there's... Radiates out. Yeah. Channel that channel directs that directs it, it back up. Right. Um, plants now is they have a tower, and they have like thousands of mirrors. The mirrors shine the from the sun onto the tower all on one spot, and they focus all the mirrors on one spot. And the mirrors are have motors that move them to follow the sun across and the sky. And they light all kinds of ants on fire. Yeah. Well, if you stood in the way of one mirror, you wouldn't notice anything. You would get twice the sunlight you were getting normally. But when you focus thousands of them on the same spot, it gets hot really fast. And then they run that water through a heat exchanger, which then turns other water into steam. That steam, they run through a turbine. It's, I would think, like a magnifying lens. It's really simple. It does take up a pretty large footprint, but it's really efficient. Can't be any uglier than the stupid wind farms. That's true. The The only problem with these is you have to have a lot of sun to make it worthwhile. On a cloudy day, this isn't going to produce much electricity. Space. Yeah. Or uh, high-altitude blimps. With Solar. There you go. Or, with yeah. the systems on them. That yeah. works just as good. Then you get the added reflection off the cloud cover from the right below it. Some other cool ones I've seen are they're like these big towers. They're they're wider at the bottom. And uh basically it operates on the air at the top flowing down and out the bottom. So that the air outside these towers gets hot from the ground getting hot from the sun. That rises up, but then the air inside the column is shaded from the sun, so it's cooler. So it c creates this, like, vortex where it's bringing in air at the top and it's going out at the bottom. And around this circumference at the bottom are all of these wind turbines and the air coming out just turns the fans and that produce their hooked up generators. Mm. There's some other benefit. I can't remember now, but I don't know. It's just taking heat out of the environment and turning it into power. 
something that I worked on at school just as like a little project for thermodynamics class are Stirling engines. So those turn heat. It turns a temperature difference into a rotational energy. So what it is is it's you've got an, a cylinder, let's say. Styrofoam cup. Well, the one I, the <clears> actual <throat> engine, it has a cylinder with air in it, and then it has a like a foam spacer in it that can move up and down the cylinder. Mm. So, and one side, like the top will be hot and the bottom will be cold. So when the spacer is down on the cold side, that displaces the air up to the top to get hot. And then that hot air pushes up a piston. Well, that piston rotates a thing that pulls that spacer up to the top. So then all the air gets displaced down to the bottom where it's colder. And when that gets cold, it sucks the piston back down, and that pushes the spacer back down. So once it gets going, it just keeps, that piston keeps going up and down. Spacer goes up and down, and you've got as, a crank up top. As long as you have rotating. a temperature, temperature differential. As long as there's a difference in temperature, it's going to keep going. So the one I built, it was made, you set it on, like you warm up a cup of water in the microwave, and you set the engine on it, and it starts going it's got like a propeller on the front so you could feel the air coming off but you could site you could make it bigger and hook it up to a generator and produce electricity that way you'd have to heat the water well you would you would have to use it in a place where you have like geothermal right. heat so you go down in the ground far enough that like you where have, the bigfoot live in the volcanic mountains yeah or what you do is you have the bottom down in the ground where you get down to the, you know, nominal ground temperature and the top is out in the sun. So the sun warms the top up and the ground is the cool part. The Eventually you're going to heat up the ground around the bottom of it. So what I thought is what if you had it sitting in like a river? Because... A lot of rivers have colder than the water's colder than the surrounding air, especially during the summer. And it's flowing, so the heat you're putting into the water gets swept downstream. Scratch for fish. I don't think it is. I don't care about the fish. No. It's good for. Uh... It's such a small heat. I mean, the heat you're transferring into the water is. Less than if that size of water was getting hit by the sun. It's probably about the same. Because all you're doing is you're taking the heat from the sun and putting Doesn't it sound natural. into the water. And that's already happening anyways. Because the water's in the sun. Or you could find water that's flowing underground and tap into that as your heat sink. It could increase the biologic, or the biologic oxygen demand in the water there by causing... The wrong thing to grow, which would deoxygenate the water and kill all the fish. You know what? <laughs> what would uh, Gary Oldman's character from The Fifth Element say about that? He would say that's a good thing. Destroy the fish? Yeah. Because chaos 
brings life. So somehow I don't know. <laughs> I'm just anyways. I'm just but I was, obstinate. you know, I like to think of ways that you could get solar power for your house without buying the silicon panels and putting them up. And that was one of the ways I thought would be a Sterling engine. We live in the wrong place for efficient solar power. Yeah. Or that you could put the pipes on your roof with the reflective channels. Your neighbors would love that. Why? It'd be all shiny and like blindy. But all the sh- the <laughs> channel is designed to focus the light on the pipe. You don't so think it would be blinding? All the lights pointed at the pipe. The pipe could be black. It's a parabolic shape, so it's got a focus point. So it wouldn't be shiny. You would never be able to see the sun unless you were your eye was where the pipe is. Mm. So there. Some people in hot areas just run pipes on their roof without the reflective. That's true. And then you just have to hook hook it up to a little turbine, and you get some power. That's true. Hooking up to some. Indian guy's headdress. No, it's not gonna... that kind of turban. <laughs> a steam turban. All right. I don't care how. I... <laughs> uh, well, that's technology. All right. That brings us to the. Let's do the news. The news. We get my news. Your news later. I get to use one of my fancy. Oh. So the first news story I'm going to talk about: an impaired digitate bovine. What a what? Imperdigitate. Okay. Um, an odd number of, like, let's say digits on one hand compared to the other one. So, like, six fingers on one hand, and or I guess it'd be more likely to have a shop teacher that's imperdigitate. <laughs> she has four fingers on one hand and two on the other one. Yeah, I, that would be. Well, in China, this is where we come back around to the uh, coal plants and the damage that that type of uh, environmental impacts damaging DNA. Um, There's a cow that was born with looks like two extra hooves on one of its back legs. Oh, entire hooves? Weird. Now, in China, I mean, here, you'd probably have a really hard time finding anyone that would be willing to eat an animal that had a mutation or a mutation. Mutation. (laughs) Well, yeah, but, we have to do like they do in water world right. and uh, return it to the But in China, sludge. the rancher that had possession of this cow successfully sold it for more than the other cows Oh, because it was more stable on loose soil because it had <laughs> more surface area on That's that one foot. That's the selling point? This is just one of its feet. Wow. Maybe they could breed cattle that had that on all its Plus, feet. Because of its weirdness, it, it attracted a lot of people to look at it, and so that helped it also push the price up. Yeah. That's something I never understood about, like uh, state fairs or county fairs, where they show the animals and then they sell the animals, and the ones that like won the ribbons are worth more. But That's some better steaks right there. Just going to eat it. I mean... Well, like pigs, like our cousins raised hogs, and they would take them to the fair, mm-hmm. fair, and they had to have them cane trained, so they would walk around 
So you want to eat a smart animal. I, it doesn't the make sense. The smart animal should cost more to eat. Why does the kid that trains their hog better, why is that hog worth more? Because it shows they put more effort into it and probably... You're just going to eat it, I hope. Yeah, but... Did that guy, or does it... I understand does because it become you, you're like not a, a pork fan. You don't understand that there is a wide variety of pork. And if you get one that's smarter... <laughs> and you get one that's been taken care of better, which would be involved with someone taking time to train a pig. Okay, I can see that. So the extra effort kind of... And then it's not only the cane training. I mean, that's kind of also... So the judges can judge the person that raised right, the pig. Right, you're winning the. But they're also judging based on weight, per you know, and comparison to probably length and size. Huh. So you could tell what kind of marbling it's going to have, and the quality of the meat. Interesting. So they're not just no gauged not, on how well it's, trained. It's not they like you're going to like well the the dog show and then picking which dog you're going to eat based on its prancing around the ring. Well, maybe they do that in some parts of the country. Or Korea. some parts of the world, I mean. I love you, Korea. <laughs> okay. So that's the first news story. We'll close that one. Imperdigitate is the new word of the day. Imperdigitate. That was the word of the day yesterday. Oh. Or two days ago. I'm okay. discovering some of the... I came up with that word because it's not even in my, in my dictionary at my desk. It's in... Oh. I found online in the list of unusual... Words that start with I, because there's certain letters in the alphabet. If you're dealing with a normal dictionary, it's hard to find words you don't know, which is what I've been trying to do. Uh. Um, I think today's was jejun, which means bland. <laughs> I've, I've been tweeting them out with hashtag Ingenuity Show. Oh, good. So, I've been. Uh, or I did a couple of them. I've been trying to teach my kids the proper term for piquant food instead of saying that your your Mexican food is spicy or hot it's not technically the right term although right. it might be hot if it was just cooked it's actually piquant okay like picante sauce well it's similar but that is the, the actual English word is piquant interesting I have to remember that when I get to pee because so a, for now I know it so it wouldn't count a Pumpkin pie is spicy. Right, but it's not. And hot. Piquant. But it's not piquant. So, I'm trying to think if I can find where this is. This one might be That's in England. That's my nerd cred. This one might be in England. But um, there's a forest that was donated, basically, to society in the 90s. Um, and the first of these weird things appeared in the year 2000. Um, the humans are dead. <laughs> just in the future. Anyway, um, someone's been going to the forest and putting fairy doors. Oh, nice. And there are wood structures with actual hinges that stick away from a tree. Or it looks like it could be the house for a fairy. Right. And apparently, the first one you opened up and there was a little bed in there. Huh. Well, this is kind of caught on, which now is the, what is it called? The tree council? Oh, woods trustees are having to combat this and take some of them down because it's like exploded and there's a bunch of them now. Wow. And there's more all the time. And they're probably not very good for the trees necessarily. Right, because you're Although, according nailing to the, or screwing into the But the treehouse guy that does treehouses, he says if you do it properly, screwing into a tree does not kill it. 
it actually helps strengthen it. Right, it wouldn't kill it, but it, it can actually. If you do it wrong, you could. Right, if you do it wrong, you could really damage a tree. Yeah, if you do it right, it can actually strengthen the tree. Pests. Because it causes it to grow around oh. and it causes a knot, which when you're dealing with anything structural, the more striations of different directions you can get, the stronger. Yeah, right. But you gotta do it. You can't. I mean, it's gotta be a tree that's still growing, you know, so it yeah. has the chance to repair and not cause damage that would, and, and yeah, bring in insects. So anyway, um, <laughs> Stephen Ackerman of the <laughs> Ackerman, that's funny, <laughs> of Wayford Woods Charitable Trust said, "We didn't know who had done it, but we left it there. But then another door appeared, and now it's gathering momentum." Maybe it's actual fairies. Um, there's some pretty funny pictures. One of them has like a... A small slide. And apparently slides are starting to appear with little houses, which these are not as damaging. Yeah, but another problem trees. is they talk about how they made all these nice paths and tried to keep people on the path, but now people are just wandering off the path, wandering around looking at the fairy doors, <laughs> trampling the forest. Yeah, I can't imagine what the ants would think. Many of these trees were my friends. friends. Right. So I guess we do know what they would think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the news. All right. Thanks. Uh, all right. We have consumption from Mr. Pold this week. What? He said he oh. saw Jupiter ascending. No spoilers. He said he loved it. He liked it better than Guardians of the Galaxy. What? I find that hard to believe that I'm going to like it that much. I liked it. I mean, I don't know if I liked it as Did, well as you Guardians can't of the Galaxy, but... singing 80s music into <laughs> a space rat. You just can't beat that. One thing I I really liked about it that I forgot to mention when I talked about it for consumption was the... the I can't think of what to call him. He's by Channing Tatum, I think. Duke? He uh he has these shoes that let him basically glide in the air. Can't remember what he calls them, but those are pretty cool. I would like to get some of those. So, okay. What? I'm trying to forget that information. Oh, it's it's <laughs> not a spoiler, really. I okay. mean, it's just. I mean, considering it got some really weird looks today, when someone's like, "Oh, do you hear the new Age of Ultron?" Um, Previews out, and I said, "When's the movie come out?" It actually comes out on my birthday. Oh yeah. Um, and I said, uh, "I don't want to hear about it or see it. <laughs> it's too close to the movie. I won't have time to forget." I got it. Look like what? I had to go into movies. What's the term? Blind. Raw. No. Uh, unsullied. Right. <laughs> Virgin. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you're like uh, mom and. One of our sisters. They abhor spoilers. Which is funny. It also goes into other things. Like, you could seriously take a present for Christmas or birthday or something. Just put it into a drawer in the kitchen and tell me that's where it is, and I will not look. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And Part of the fun is getting there. Now, people don't take my movie reviews, you know, to heart. Because I like most movies, because it's I'd like to go into them and just immerse myself in them. And yeah, I don't typically overanalyze them. Great, like I did with Star Trek earlier. 
but which is fine if you ever need to have someone that well, can those kill them because I do this in my head internally while I'm watching movies. Oh, see, to fill in holes so I, that I can enjoy the movie. I I enjoy the movie when I'm watching it. Most of these plot points I don't realize until later or on right rewatch subsequent it. viewings. I couldn't have pointed out any of those things the first time I saw. Now, if you want to watch a movie that has no plot points, Spies Like Us. No plot points at all? <laughs> no plot holes in it. Okay, that's different. That is a good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. No one I work with has seen it. I was trying to it's quote it, and everyone's like, what? I need, to, I need to buy a bunch of copies and give them out as Christmas gifts. That is a good idea. If I could find a whole bunch of them in the $5 bin yeah. at the local superstore, Just I would do it. Amazon it. Click I, through our I website. Go to engineerdyshow.blogspot.com. Click one of the Amazon banners. So that was Mr. Pold's. Yeah. What's yours? Well, Mrs. Jimmy and I were just flipping through Netflix, trying to find a movie we hadn't seen that looked good. And we came across an Australian movie called Yesterday When the War Began. Seen that. It's good. It was good. It was kind of like Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Except in Australia. Right, which is funny because they don't allow to have guns there. Yeah, um, the main characters... It was like hunting rifles, maybe. Yeah, one of them had a shot, ended up with a shotgun. And the only times they got guns were when they took them from the enemy soldiers. But it was really good. I was... There were points near the beginning when I was like, oh, this is going to turn out to be lame or the acting's going to be horrible. But it actually ended up being really good. Um, it takes place in Australia. Some teenagers. Ooh, less than five bucks on Amazon. There's only three left. Uh-oh. Better get them. <coughs> um, teenagers go camping. While they're camping, uh, some unnamed Asian power... Probably Korea. ...takes over Australia. I wonder if it... I like to kind of think of it being tied into Red Dawn. It could be. I mean, a it, new one at the same it time. may as well be. North Korea. I liked it. I thought the it was good. Point. I guess the reason they invaded is because they didn't think it was fair that Asia was overpopulated and Australia had these huge unpopulated areas and resources. At work, I saw this map, world map, where it had different size red squares based on population of cities okay. for the city markers. Yeah. And so it was really easy to look across the world and see where all the major cities were. There's not any in Australia or Canada. Yeah. If Asia really wanted to expand, they should expand to northern Canada. There's no one there. It's too cold. Well, beggars can't be choosers. Well, if you had to choose between warm Australia... Hot Australia? Dusty Australia? Yeah, but... Dangerous Australia? There's not many crocodiles in northern Canada. That's true, but they do have polar bears. Well, for now, I mean, we're trying to get rid of those. those. I thought those were all moving to, like, the equator. But Australian women versus Canadian women. You're giving me okay. blank looks. You're the one that likes blondes. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> so, I don't know. Okay, anyways. It was good. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. So I have a comment before I talk about my first consumption. Um, uh oh. 
and I don't want this to sound derogatory towards certain foreign languages because <laughs> it might. I think the movie first movie I'm going to talk about is from Thailand. Okay. Or someplace similar. And no matter what they're saying, it sounds like they're yelling at each other in a high-pitched voice. <laughs> at one point in the movie, I'm like, you're being chased by bad guys. Stop yelling. Then I realized, well, wait, if everyone's talking like that, then you probably can't hear them over all the other people yelling around them. The movie I watched is called Guardian. Were they speaking English? No. Oh, it was Taiwanese. Uh, yeah, I went to work and subtitle. I said, hey, I, w I read two good movies this yesterday. <laughs> like, what do you mean, read? Well, they're subtitled because one was from Thailand and one, I'm not even sure if it was Thailand. I guess I should look that up. Yeah, you should. Mm. Do you have IMDb? I can. IMDb. It's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the first one's called Guardian. Just with one thing. Um, and basically, uh, the premise is... This one? This, yeah, I think so. I'll tell you when I see it. No, that's not it. Oh. Maybe it's um, this one. Maybe it's that one. Anyways, the premise is a guy dies. Is that it? Yeah, in fact, we'll read the, we'll read the IMDb. After the mysterious death of her undercover cop husband, a female martial artist must protect her daughter from corrupt police politicians and hired assassins who will do anything to conceal the truth. So basically, after the dude dies, she leaves and kind of tries to hide, but then trains her daughter in martial arts. Oh. And then they catch up to them when the daughter is a teenager. Cool. There's lots of yelling and... Does it say what kind of movie or where the movie... Indonesia. All right, so it's not really... It's close to Thailand. It's kind of the same type of language thing where it's a lot of... It seems like yelling. Okay. Which is fine. It just... <laughs> that that's the plot hole I had was okay. There's guys chasing you with machine guns. You're running away from the house that they're shooting, and the daughter's like yelling at the mom. Anyway, um, that was the first one. The second one I read was a Russian movie called Daywatch. You thought it was Baywatch, didn't you? A little bit. <laughs> I thought Russian Baywatch this would be good. Yeah. A little bit cold, but um So Daywatch, there's Dark Siders and Light Siders, and they were fighting each other. Well, they made a um a pact at some point to stop all the fighting and killing. And um it basically made it so at night when the Dark Siders had Dominion they actually had daysiders assigned to watch them. Hmm. Like almost like police. To make sure they didn't do anything outside of the the covenant they made. Okay. And and in the daytime, the daysiders are watched by nightside people to make sure they're not doing anything bad. Um, right. Now cool stuff happens at that point. I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay. But it I saw it on Netflix. Uh, I'd been thinking about it for a while, you know, kept on seeing it's like, and, you know, set your mind placeholder and then go see if there's anything else you want to watch. Well, it finally came up that there's nothing else I wanted to watch more than that. <laughs> so I watched it. Okay. It's an action fantasy thriller. Yes. 
Original title, Devnoid Dozor. There's lots of Russian in it. I bet. It's good. I liked it. Um, the next one I had... Oh, Nightmare Factory. Ooh, that sounds scary. It's a documentary. Oh, really? Yes. About guys that uh, have been involved in the horror genre and doing the special effects and makeup. Oh, that's cool. It was really cool seeing the stuff they do. Um, mostly talked about these three friends that kind of made their own company doing stuff like this. And they take you through, you know, all their special effects and... The stuff they have is crazy. Hmm. And the stuff they do, most of them had, uh, you know, they talked about their motivation to get into the industry, which was early zombie movies, like, um, like the really early ones. Huh. Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really, really quite impressive. And talking about how the industry is changing, you know, now they have more digital effects. Which I then watched another documentary about Ray Harryhauser. Okay. Who was, what they said, was the father of stop motion film. Oh. And he, like, he, well, I think he developed, um, he had a projector that would project on the back of uh, the screen. And then he had a table next to that where he would do a stop motion. Okay. And then on the other side of that, he would actually have something that would block out. Basically, it was layered. Huh. So he'd get a stop motion, like, big monster over live action shots of people running. Right. And huh. he did uh, one of the ones I'd heard. He did a lot of Sinbad ones. He did, um, right. oh, what's that old one with Hercules where he fights Medusa and stuff? Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. He did all those. Oh. And most and all those up until I think Clash of the Titans, he did the stuff by himself. He might have had one person just to hit the clicker on his camera. Wow. But one frame at a time. And it wasn't like they do now, you know, with the digital effects, even digital stop motion, where they can see it as it's happening. Right. He, He's gotta have the whole thing. He has the whole thing in his, in his head. head. One and he said, when you're watching his movies, if you saw like a little glitch that you could see, he said what probably happened is he got a phone call or someone talked to him and he <laughs> got distracted with where he was and which way the head was moving. And he had his dad actually making all the armatures for inside the things huh. in his own machine shop. And then he would sculpt on top of that wow. all the stuff. So he made the things and then he filmed it. He was involved in the writing of it. That's awesome. But where it took him, you know, one guy, I'm sure a long time to do these movies. Yeah. Um, it now takes, like, rooms and just armies of people. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. So and I recommend that one, too. Tons of expensive I can't computers. what it's called, but it's about, if you look on Netflix, you find it under um, Ray Harryhauser. Cool. Oh, and his mom did, like, sew the... He actually started, he got hold of some figures that are like fairy tale type stuff. So a lot of people are, are watched his stuff when they were really little. Not us, probably, because we're too young. But yeah. There's little fairy tale stuff like um, Big Bad Wolf and stuff. With oh. these. And that one, his dad, I think, made a lot of the armatures and stuff. And then his mom actually sewed the little 
clothes for them. That's cool. He said it was. He had great support from from both of them. Sweet. Oh, one of the Nightmare Factory guys. I guess he was pre med, and when he decided he was going to move to L.A., and he took his friend that he was moving there with to his house, and his dad. The only thing his dad said was. With hair like that, you're not going to be successful because he had long hair. <laughs> <That's> <coughs> but funny. he it turned out to be successful. You were wrong, old man. But it showed one of the guys from this original, you know, three friends that were in this has a company now where they're tra- he's trying to train people to do that kind of special effects and they call gags and basically almost like magician stuff you're doing. Like one of the things they have is they put like fake skin like on a your forehead with a button built into it with like built in like blood packets. So then when you get shot in the head, off screen they just pull on a string and it just pulls the button out and it causes the blood to come out. Oh. And that's how they do headshot effects. Wow. He said to this day they still do that if it's an actual effect. Cool. But I've been watching them work. And some of the stuff they did, like they were showing some of the scenes where they did Piranha, uh-huh. 3D or whatever, and they have the people like oh, with the new pieces one. like torn out of them and stuff. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I I definitely recommend Nightmare Factory if you are interested in all in movie. Yeah, movie. that's cool. It's really cool, and the the way I mean the the just the artistry that these guys have, it's just impressive. Huh. But you know, you better let some of the old artists from like Da Vinci and stuff what they would think of art yeah. being used in this fashion. Right. <laughs> you guys are brilliant. You're coming with great concepts and you're great artists and you're using it to make like flesh eating zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Not those <coughs> vegan zombies, the carnivorous ones. And those guys would actually be on the set. I mean they're there and they're providing input on the shots and stuff because they're setting up the effects. Yeah, you want to um, make sure it's viewed at the right angle. He and said he was working with this one director, and he was upset because the actress, you know, it was like a zombie scene where the zombie's going to take a bite out of her you know, spray, and there's this great effect of him actually sinking teeth into it looks, looks like her cheek or whatever. Yeah. And she put her arm in the shot. Oh. And the director's like, yeah, but think about it. If you were getting attacked by a zombie, would you not flail your arms and try to stop them from eating you? Yeah, but you don't want to ruin a great the hours and hours put into that visual effect. But yeah, he said but the then gag doesn't do you want to right do it and... over? Yeah, sometimes you got to cut your losses. But it's a very it's amazing movie. how much time the effort is put into something that's going to be on screen for like five seconds. Right. That's, and it's now no I wonder said, these films cost millions. When I said a lot of it's going away now because the. You know, the studios and everyone don't want to take the time to do things like that. So they just want to go to CG. Oh. That's that's really it's too really bad. Too bad. Yeah, it really is. Although, like, the stop motion, there's still some films. I mean, they're still making the stop motion. Like, Wallace huh. and Gromit. Yeah. And the point they made was, would you want to see that as CG? No. no. It just well, the way the storytelling has to be done and the way the state, what right. stories they can tell. Well, in... And there are studios I've heard that are going back to the practical effects just because for people that appreciate them, they're willing to, or, you know, they go out and if they hear about a production that used practical effects, they're going to seek that out. So, I mean, it's kind of a market 
the marketing thing, too. And with the stop motion, I mean, with Wallace and Gromit, that's kind of like how it's always been done. You wouldn't want to switch formats. It would lose a lot of its appeal. But, I, I mean, if I tried to find some Ray Harryhauser movies on Netflix, couldn't find any. I could have sworn that there was some Sinbad movies on there. We search for Sinbad and it comes with the cartoons. Oh. Um, but I remember watching Clash or Clash of the Titans when I was a kid. Yeah. And it, the way he makes the the move is really impressive. There's a scene in one of the Sinbads where they're fighting. I'm not sure what the the Buddhist thing is with six arms. Or the Indian thing. Yeah, I can't think of. But the they're fighting that. that and it's got six arms with six swords. And they're all moving differently, right? And yeah. fighting a guy that's on the scene, a screen. He said they yeah. used to have like, and the one lady was dealing with a creature that was like a cyclops. So she said Ray had this long pole with like a drawing of an eye on it, so they <laughs> all the actors would have sight lines of what they're supposed to look at oh. and respond to the stick with the eye on it. Yeah, I've heard stories like that. And then to have him then take the frame by frame of the film of the live action stars, and then slowly move his yeah. characters and it's beautifully done you watch it and you're like the way he has the animals moving he'd actually go and watch live animals move to kind of get an idea but then it's all just stored in his head yeah which is that's insane amazing i i would not have the patience when they that. show general grievous is like a, a callback you know this is an homage to the work that ray did oh with the cool. multiple lightsabers yeah yeah all right Let's do nerd cred. All right. I, we don't have any. I thought you want I had one, but I can't remember now. Go okay. ahead. Maybe it'll come to me. So my big one was today I said something and someone pointed at me and said, nerd. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that is funny. <laughs> um, there's a, a gentleman I work with that uh, is trying to institute a nickname of Warlord for himself. And I noticed he didn't have a name placard outside his cubicle. Oh. So I did what every good um, cube mate does. I went online and typed his name into Google Image Search and instantly came up with a picture of him. Oh. From 2006, I think he said. And he had longer hair and it was kind of curly. And he had that kind of funny, like, affected look on his face. Um, <laughs> so I took that and took the head off and put it on a Terminator body. And put it nice. out and put it in my nice, like, stylized warlord text and put it on the cubicle. And he, like, he, he dug that cool. a lot. Um, it's probably offensive and would be taken down. He loved it. By E. It's great. Whatever. <laughs> it's not going to be near as offensive the next one I'm going to make with his head on, uh, <laughs> with his head on, uh, Napoleon Dynamite's body with Vote for Warlord. Oh, nice. I did purposefully pick a. That wasn't Terminator. It was RoboCop. Oh, okay. But I picked a RoboCop body that didn't have the gun out. Uh, Instead, it has one of his hands is like an ice pick. Whoa. <coughs> anyway, um, so I was the second one. Um, also today, I was making fun of a coworker's friend's names, <laughs> saying they weren't real names. And so we looked them up. Um, the one name. I don't. I don't think I'll say it on the podcast because they might end up getting back to them. Because it was one of her friends also that one time said, 
So I heard you're talking about me on the podcast, and it caused me to stop. My apparently my face went a little bit white. And my During went, the headlights. Oh crap! What did I say? But it was Take about it the back. it was about the English, or French night. Yeah, the Halloween yeah. costume. But um, so we went on the internet, like any good person would do, and found a website <laughs> that you type in a name, and it tells you the popularity over history. Oh, it's like a graph. That's cool. And so, like, my name's like in the top five all time. Mine would be like very yours, recently mm, taking mm, off. Well, yours peaked in the seventies. Really? Um, we have a niece that's name peaked in like nineteen ten and then dropped off to nothing. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I can see but that. But what was funny is the friend that's making fun of her friend's names. Her name doesn't show up at all. Oh, really? It's not in there. <laughs> but her both her friends were. But one of them, the highest it's ever ranked was 537th or something in the oh, U.S. that's lame. And the other one is not very high either. <laughs> um, I don't know. People with weird names. I've never had a weird name, so I, I find it interesting. Yeah. I think there's one other one, but I can't remember. I had a lot of nerdy moments. Oh. My lead at work has taken to suspending me when I come up with what he calls good idea club. I'll suggest a solution to a problem that he, it's so out of the box that he feels that I should just be sent home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think of an example, but it happened today. He's like, you're suspended for two days. I was like, oh, not again. Oh, oh I remember the one was. I heard a song this morning on the radio and now, when I hear songs, Most I automatically no. I try to make it. I try to figure out how I can make it into like an ingenuity show song, like a parody. Oh, <laughs> I was working on "I'm Every Woman," and I decided at first I was thinking "I'm Ingenuity," but then I thought, no, we want to make it more like when the, that song she's saying. No matter what this the guy needs, she could provide or fill his needs because she oh. could be every woman. So I was thinking every nerd, and I know myself. I'm a, a Renaissance nerd. So my nerdum <laughs> falls into many categories like sports, um, science fiction, um, art, stuff like that. So if you come up with different stanzas for each of those things, and I'm, I was trying to mess around with, because I'm every woman, woman's two syllables, yeah. nerd's only one. So it'd have to be like, I'm every nerd, and then kind of stretch nerd out a little bit. Um but I might go through, because I did the entire, you know, I haven't recorded it yet, but I have my theme song for my segment ready to oh, go and record as soon as I do it. We should do that sometime. We should. I need, I need a, like, an engineer to help me, like a audio engineer type person, because oh. I can't do it by myself. Well, I do easily. have this fancy setup. I know. So I'll just have to come over one time and I'll have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, now I turn everything into a parody in my head. I try to figure out how to do it. <laughs> It's good. There's a website I have that you type in a word and it tells you words that rhyme with that oh, based on yeah. syllable. That'd be handy. Yeah. Which works. Cool. That's it. All right. That's the nerd grid. We got plenty of feedback this week. Sweet. Uh, we got tweeted at by Span the Void podcast. What's up, fellas? It was Matt's birthday recently. Happy birthday, Matt. I was going to say that. Hope you got younger. No. He's uh oh, he's not um, older than us. 
He's not doing, uh, what's the guy's name? Benjamin Button. I was thinking the other guy. Merlin. Oh, Merlin. Um, Benjamin Button. I've not seen that movie. He got some podcast-related shirts that he was posting images of on Twitter from their podcast, not ours, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, so for his birthday, we're giving him this shout-out. That's all we can afford. It was priceless. Yeah, really. Uh, we got a bunch of Facebook likes. Sweet! From Colleen, whom we hung out with last weekend. Had a good time. A uh, girl I went to college with that graduated same time as us, Haley. And she liked the show. Our friend Brenda. Very nice. And our niece, Hazy. All liked the show on Facebook. I was just picturing Bren the look on Brenda's face that she got when I would let my nerd flag fly. <laughs> oh, I did the whole, I've been writing puns on our whiteboard as well. Oh. Like, uh, why did the capacitor kiss the diode? I don't know. Because he couldn't resist her. Oh, nice. Or... When a clock gets hungry, it goes back four seconds. <laughs> well, See? Well done. Good puns. And people will say, oh, that was a terrible pun. Right after they laughed, I'm like, no. That was a good Same pun. Same with jokes. That means that's a joke. You laughed. Yep. That's a pun. Joke. You laughed. It's not a bad pun. It's a pun and a joke. So there. Take that. It's a poke. Punjab. It's like Punjab. No. Punjab. 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 That's plenty of that. Thank you. This guy from uh, Annie. Oh, Annie. Isn't the Indian guy named Punjab? I don't know. You should don't watch recall. that movie. It's good. I watched part of it with uh, my kid. It's got that one guy in it. Yeah, it does. My wife cannot stand and him. Carol Burnett. I think it's. Really good I think she dislikes actors if the first thing she saw them in, they were a bad guy. Yeah, I think the first thing I remember seeing him in was the Three Musketeers movie. He was the cardinal, Cardinal Richelieu. Oh, three. Yeah. Tim, actually, the first Tim thing Curry I saw is who we're yeah, talking Tim about. Yeah, Tim Curry. The first thing I actually saw him in was Annie. I think. I, as a kid, when you said Three Musketeers, I thought you said Three Amigos, and I was like, he, he was not in that. I was trying to think. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. But then I realized who you're talking about. Yeah, he was really good in Three Musketeers. Did I say Three Musketeers? No. Okay, but I'm my on... brain automatically go, puts Amigos after... I'm on a health watch on myself right now. Uh-oh. Because my lip has been numb all week. Oh. And part of my face below it. And... Uh, it's not good. Keep an eye on it, okay, because it could be a symptom of other things. I can't see my lower lip. Can you feel it? Yes. See, I can still feel mine, but it's like a little tingly and weird numb. to sleep. Uh, like it, yeah. We got a new Twitter follower. It's another podcast. I've heard of them, but I haven't listened. So I'm thinking I'm going to listen to an episode of theirs and report back. But it's Matt and Andrew versus Society. Hmm. It's at. M-A-V-S podcast is their Twitter handle. Are they on Stitcher? Probably. I don't know. 
I was going to just look them up on my pod manager. but I just use Stitcher. I'm listening on my phone. Uh, from the Twitterverse is at Mars Raider, one of my favorite tweeters. He said, One reason Young Earth was much hotter is that the core contained more radioactive elements, now decayed. So that's why the Earth is cooler now than it was when it was young. Although I think they're still changing their opinion on what's actually in the Earth. Well, they're <laughs> constantly doing it. It keeps. It's like our eggs good for you or bad for well, you? Well, as the radioactive elements decay, there's fewer of them. They become stable particles, mm. stable elements, like lead. Our non-U.S. page view leader of the week, I was really surprised. England? No. It France? was Australia. Nice! Which is apt, since we talked about Australia. Put another episode. shrimp on the bobby! Yeah. That's a horrible Australian accent. Yeah. Go watch Quickly Down Under. It's got Professor Snape in it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Have you seen it? When I was a kid. So good. It's also got that one girl from um, that magazine TV show with David Spade. Mia? Yes. Who's also from The Stand. Yeah. She's in it. Okay. She plays a crazy woman. And it's got Magnum P.I. Burt Reynolds? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck. That's right. Burt Reynolds. They both have mustaches. Good job. It was the mustache. I, I do not see them on uh, Stitcher. Huh. Okay. But I might just be sucky at Stitcher. Anyway. Well, I will listen. I usually hear about them on, like, uh, Span the Void or something like that. Great. They talk about them a lot, actually. Right, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah, if you want to contact us, send us an email, enginenerdyshow at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Facebook are at Show. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and you can comment on our site or listen to the show at enginenerdyshow.blogspot.com. You can also click through there to get to Amazon. And that's it for our sign-off. I'm going to say live long and nerdy. And I'm just going to say you have been and always shall be my friend, Mr. Nimoy. You know, so you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an A or a G Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again Most guitars are made of trees With some L for the strings And some frets and too neat things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Stars are made of trees You know me so you've seen it all before Looking at me stuck in a tree Trying to hold a thought you can't ignore Something multiplied by a three Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again I found a website called Take a Pun, Leave a Pun Oh? Well, the best one is it has a picture of Sauron.
You know, the big tower with the eye? Yes. And then next to it, sour off with the <laughs> eye god. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, That's so pretty good. Funny. So funny. Sweet and sour on. <laughs> Most guitars are made of trees With some L for the strings And some frets and need things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Most guitars are made of trees The song Most Guitars Are Made of Trees is by Greg Gibbs. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.